Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club episode 62. My name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. What is up, girls and gays? Uh, so I, I really got to say that that preparing for this episode in particular felt like a vacation for this podcast <laughs> in that usually I'm like getting ready to getting ready to record the podcast, preparing my morning before the podcast recording. I'm like, all right, I have two hours of absolute garbage and bullshit to sit through <laughs> before I get to spend 30 minutes in front of a microphone talking to my good friend, Mark. Uh, luckily this week, uh, we watched something that was less than 20 minutes long and also good, which was a baffling experience to go through for Cartridge Cinema Club. Yeah, I we didn't have to watch The Rock try to <laughs> act like a video game protagonist at all. Which Not a new. single time. <laughs> what did so, we watch this uh, week, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. So <laughs> what we watched was, um, anyway, we watched Meet the Team, which was a series of promotional videos released by Valve between May 2007. Oh, that game's that old? Oh my god, yeah, that's dude. awesome. Uh, and June 2012, uh, each introducing a different character from Team Fortress 2. You know it, you love it. <laughs> it's that online shooter that you're that your brother still plays. Um, <laughs> it includes uh, the heavy, the soldier, the demo man, the engineer, the sniper, the scout, the medic, the spy, and the pyro, um, and tracer, and uh, <laughs> all those other characters. Um, most of the videos are structured as a mock interview, and then later on they just become a whole different thing entirely with yeah. narrative and uh, just lots of... Really fun, gratuitous violence. It's like red versus blue with a budget and also funnier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Um, yeah. So before uh, before we get into kind of talking about the video specifically, I kind of want to just like more broadly talk about Team Fortress 2 um, and my history with Team Fortress 2 because Mark does not have a history with Team Fortress 2. Yeah, I, I mostly, I, I, I've never played the game and I've, just endlessly fascinated by your experience with it because I've heard a little bit about it. I'm, you're going to get into it now, but um, it's just funny because I grew up playing first-person shooters, uh, you know, my whole life, and this was kind of the only one that I that was popular that I didn't play. But this is the only one that you played yeah. at all. You never played Halo, really. Yeah. So TF2 was like the first and only time that I like truly became enamored with a first-person shooter, like. You know, we only had that Nintendo in my house growing up. We didn't we didn't have no Xbox. We didn't have no PlayStation. If I wanted to play video games with blood in them, I had to go to my neighbor's house who had parents who didn't give a shit about him and let him do whatever he wanted. Um, and so, like, I never learned to be good at shooters. Um, and TF2 was, like, the first time I ever felt like they had made a game that I was able to participate in. Um, because, like, I had always, you know, like... Things like Unreal Tournament, things like Counter-Strike and Halo were always interesting to me. They seemed like a lot of fun, but I never could get involved with them because just like the act of like aiming and shooting and running around and trying to do all those things at the same time, I had not developed like the skill set that makes you good at shooters. Um, but because TF2 has a whole suite of characters that really don't require you to be good at that at all. Um, you know, like you can play as the engineer and you can help protect the base. You can play as the medic and you can heal your teammates. You can be the spy and run around and try to stab people in the back. Like it, it gave 
it gave me an opportunity to get into that experience without having to ever be good at pointing and clicking and shooting people. Um, and I think the other thing that, that really made Team Fortress special, I mean, this is true of a lot of online games, but I think, like, the community and just the sort of, like, uh, sensibility of Team Fortress really led, like, lended itself to making that game into a a social space. You know, like, I remember being fucking 14 and loading up two fort and playing capture the flag and just like seeing what kinds of weird new friends I could make, you know, see like getting on voice chat with my shitty webcam mic and talking to other weird, sad, lonely teenagers who were playing <laughs> TF2 at two in the morning. Um, like TF2 was a space where I learned like the value of like encouraging other people. <laughs> like I remember yeah. like, there were nights where I would go and play TF2 and I would be like, I'm I'm doing a persona tonight. I'm gonna do a stupid voice. I'm gonna do an accent or I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna play a character on voice chat. And a lot of the time for me that was like, I'm just gonna be really nice to people. I'm just gonna be like relentlessly positive and encouraging to everybody on my team. And and I started doing that kind of like as a as a joke, as like a goof. And whenever that happened, I would just get like inundated with Steam friend requests from people being like, I had so much fun playing with you like it was so great to have somebody who was so positive and always encouraging people and stuff and like that had like a profound effect on me um and you know tf2 now has been around for so long and it, it like it, it is this infinite video game you know like they like the developers themselves just kept stacking shit on top of Team Fortress 2 until it was, like, barely recognizable as the video game that it was. They kept adding mechanics. They kept adding new modes. They kept adding new items. They kept adding cosmetics that sort of, like, almost detracted from the purity of that game, but also made it this, like, ridiculous, massive art project. And, like, the players were contributing to that as well. Like, by the end, you were barely playing Team Fortress 2 anymore. You were flying around on some map that looks like Super Mario Brothers, shooting people out of the sky and shit. Like, it would... It, it, TF2 became a platform in a lot of ways, and I, it, I think it is still massively influential because of that. Yeah, I mean, without TF2, there's no CSGO. Mm -hmm. That's for damn sure. Without <laughs> TF2, there's probably no Dota in the way that it exists. Um, I, I, the, what you said about the community aspect of it really resonated with me because that was me at that same age. I would have been playing Warcraft 3 yeah. and the associated mods, including original Dota as a mod. Dota. Um, I'm an OG like that. <laughs> uh, and also Counter-Strike, but I don't think on voice chat or on either of those times that there was ever an encouraging moment. Um, I don't think those games lend themselves to as much of a of that attitude as... <laughs> As team, as team Fortress does, and I think a lot of that uh, comes from the personality of the game is in that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. Uh, I like how the sound effects are the Half-Life sound effects uh, <laughs> because it's just Half-Life. Um, but also to you, I imagine if you were to play Half-Life 2, it would be like, oh, that's the Team Fortress <laughs> yeah, shotgun totally sound. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll bring capitalism into this. Uh, I'll be the one this week <laughs> totally of the two always. of us who's, who's going to do it. <laughs> So the orange box, right, mm -hmm. was an amazing product uh, for the uninitiated. The orange box was uh, a combo pack released by Valve 
on one disc. I think it was like $40, like at a time where video games cost 60 They still do. But this was around the, the time when video games started to cost 60 as opposed to $50. Um, and for $40 on the Xbox 360, uh, Valve released Half-Life and Half-Life Episodes 1 and 2 and Team Fortress 2. Uh, for the first time, I believe that was yeah. the first appearance of yeah. Team Fortress Two, and, and fucking Portal, Portal. <laughs> yeah, and fucking Portal, <laughs> one which, of the greatest I, games ever made. <laughs> what probably Portal might be the best game of the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, like it might be the best game of the two thousands. Yeah, honestly, um, <laughs> and they released that all. I think it was forty dollars. It may have been sixty, but even for sixty, like holy fucking shit, um. What an amazing, like, package and just a bunch of fresh new ideas and a bunch of old ideas packaged and made better than ever. And uh, there were no fucking microtransactions. <laughs> there was no DLC to download. There was no Microsoft being Microsoft. Um, and this was a time before Valve was known to be Valve. Like, you think of Valve now as everybody's got their problems with Valve. Like, Steam is a... Steam is a conversation for another time. Uh, I don't want to get into it, but everybody, people rightfully have issues with Valve and the way that they treat their player base and their um, their customers and their employees. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, the the video game industry in 2007 was a different time. I'm not saying it was, it was like a, a whole lot better for the people who were under crunch, mm-hmm. but for as, as a consumer... Um, you would never. You, we would never get a product like this today. These would be we, three separate that, that's, sixty dollars releases. Yeah, just Half Life, Half Life plus Episodes One and Two. Uh, if if that were to come to the Xbox One, like as a as a new PC port, that would be sixty dollars for just Half Life Two, and then twenty twenty dollars each <laughs> yeah. for Episode One and then Episode Two. Uh, and Portal would be its own $60 game and everyone would fucking hate it. Cause it only lasted eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's my capitalism minute. Um, <laughs> things have just gotten worse. You know, it's like, like the orange box was an incredible product at the time. Like the value of that was, was it like, it was amazing that they put something out that had three yeah. great video games in it at, yeah, and, at and, the time and now, it was incredible. Now it's now would be mind blowing. <laughs> now it's unfathomable. Like yeah. it's like it's like fuck you. What's the catch? Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, like if I saw this now, I'd be like, no, that's not a thing. Uh, so just just how fucking jaded the video game industry has made me as yeah. somebody who as somebody who grew up on this shit. Like like I I I, I got the orange box a little late. I got it in 2010, and mm-hmm. I think I was in like 10th grade, but. Man, I played the shit out of that thing. Mm-hmm. And that I got it like for five bucks used at GameStop. <laughs> it's beautiful. And just the idea of spending five bucks at GameStop and getting that many uh that that many just endless fucking memories is it's it's a little sad. Um yeah. I think I think that's all the sadness that we have time for in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. How did you I, feel I did want to mention it. How did you feel about these videos as someone who had never seen them for the most part is my understanding and also hasn't played tf2 (laughs) i had only seen one of these videos and it was the pyro which i think is the most memorable one Mm -hmm. um it's crazy how well these videos are made in terms of the understanding that they impart to the viewer Mm -hmm. um about the game and it's funny because i think these were probably made for fans of the game 
I mean, yes, they're they're promotional. Yes, they're ads. But like fans of the game, like already know these character archetypes. But it's really cool for me not knowing. Like I watched all of these videos only once, <laughs> and you could name any of the characters right now, and I could tell you what their play style is, uh, what their positioning should be on a map, and what their, like, weapons are and what their special is. And for the most part, these are, like, 90-second videos. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I mean, like, one of the things that they talked about uh, when they discussed, like, the, the development of TF2 is that they made it a point to make sure that every single character had a unique silhouette and you could identify them from, you know, 50 yards away while there's a bunch of explosions happening. Oh, it's an animator's dream. It's like, incredible like, what they did with yeah. this. Yeah, and, and like the the personality of the characters just shines through more than probably any other shooter ever made, almost certainly, right? Yeah, that that's my main. That was my main thing is that when this came out in two thousand seven, I can see why this was such a breath of fresh air. Why this did so fucking well because two thousand seven was the same year that um that Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out. Yeah, and uh, that was. You know, you know, Modern Warfare was also its own breath of fresh air at the time, which is hilarious sure. to think about now. But everything um, was brown <laughs> and gray and serious military and fucking kill streaks and airstrikes and fucking like, yeah. you know, you and the boys who <laughs> you and your other 12 year old friends who now know all of the names of various different assault rifles because you play Call of Duty God, and Team Fortress 2 was like <laughs> aggressively not that. Yeah, well, you look at any other Half-Life mod or Half-Life 2 mod and you see like Day of Defeat, Team Fortress 1, Counter-Strike. Um all of these things are just we made Half-Life but even more serious <laughs> and realistic and this game was like fuck it. We're going to take Half-Life and just blow all the weird stuff out of proportion and make it look like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, fuck it. Bloody Pixar. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I was, I've seen all of these so many fucking times. <laughs> I was like kind of expecting for there to be like stuff I didn't remember or like jokes that I couldn't recall. But literally every single beat of every single one of these videos <laughs> was just still stuck in my head. It just like, it just looped back. It was like when we watched yeah. Pokemon the first movie and I could just recall the cadence of every single line. <laughs> This would be like me watching an old Game Grumps episode from 2012. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And I think you're right about how it showcases the play styles and particularly like this, these videos capture what is exciting about Team Fortress 2. I think like the best example of this is like at the end of the Meet the Medic video, there's the sequence where he like finally does the Uber charge on the heavy and the heavy is super powered now and fucking everybody up and screaming about how he's bulletproof and like mowing down this line of dudes. And it perfectly captures exactly how it feels to like Uber charge a heavy in the last 10 seconds of a game and have it all go your way. Like, you know, the medic was my main in this game and like watching that, I was like, Oh man, fuck. TF2 was a lot of fucking fun. I miss doing this. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other thing that is like an incredible success of like, you know, the, the game, but also these videos in particular is the way that like 
the violence is just barely on that border between horrifying and slapstick. It's it's right there on that line, and they use that to just make these characters who are all just, like, irredeemable psychopathic murderers, and you love all of them. Like, you know, they're all out of their goddamn minds, like, playing around with blood and guts like it's no big deal to them, pushing, like, letting heads roll off on a fence post and shit. And you love them. And that is that is an incredible feat to walk that line between this, like, ridiculous slapstick gore and the point where it would become disturbing and not funny anymore. It's it's artful, honestly. It, it's the... It's it's like not the opposite of Happy Tree Friends. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, Happy Tree Friends goes, like, too far and it's purposefully trying to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Is that this... Th- this this will have, like... like Every episode b- besides the pyro will have like only one or two like graphically violent moments. Yeah. Uh, where like yeah, the, the what you talked about the heads on the post. <laughs> the rest of that video is just um, that's that's the the soldier I think right. Yeah, it's the soldier. Uh, so he's like ranting uh, his this like backstory and he's like barking like a like a sergeant and he's like you got all that. And then you turn and it looks like, and it turns out that he's talking to a bunch of severed heads and it's yeah. just like, oh, he was even more psychopathic than <laughs> yeah. like we actually thought he was, um, which works really well because like when you look at something else that's uber violent, like, like Happy Tree, we've talked about Happy Tree Friends a few times. <laughs> it keeps coming up. I have a, I have a, I have a sort of history with it. So yeah, you know. um, it's, it's not just like balls to the walls violence. Like that's not the point. Yeah. It's, it, it's just violence is used, uh, in order to, just like everything else, just further the personality of these characters. Yeah, it's great. Um, so the the last thing I want to touch touch on before we before we wrap this up is, um, I do think that it is interesting how these videos progress um, because, like we said, like the first six of them. Um, which were released pretty close to one another. They were released over like between 2007 and 2008. Um, are like again, they're like less than two minutes. It's just like an interview with the character occasionally cuts to some, some gameplay. Then the theme music plays and you're out. Um, and I think these videos caught on in a way that valve wasn't really expecting. Um, because by the end, like meet the team had become kind of its own brand and identity. And like the expectations for these videos got a lot higher, even though like they're, they're just ads, you know, they're just commercials, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like, because there was like years between the release of like some of those shorter ones. And then when, uh, meet the spy and meet the medic came out and these videos are like three or four minutes long and it tells a little story and has like characters interacting with each other. And we get a little bit more narrative and a little bit more idea of what this world is like. Um, and it's, it's really wild how this thing that was clearly supposed to just be an advertisement for their video game, like became as much of a phenomenon as the game itself. And they saw that and were like, all right, like we have to, this has to be serious now, you know, like we got to make, we got to make something that's a little bit more involved. Um, and I love that they went for that. I love that these became like, it's, 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 it's like its own little miniature TV show. It's beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I had previously seen meet the pyro and the reason I'd seen it is cause I had a friend who played TF2 mm-hmm. and he like invited me over because 
the Meet the Pyro. Meet the Pyro coming. was out. It was so long yeah. before Meet the Pyro came out. We waited forever. Like I also remember when Meet the Pyro uh-huh. came out, and it was like, <laughs> holy shit! I gotta get on YouTube immediately to go watch this fucking commercial for this game yeah. that I already play. That's free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I, I, I kind of miss those, those, those times. Uh, yeah. I had YouTube. I had YouTubers that I felt that way about. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I kind of still do, but I, I don't have the time to like sit down and just watch that like i if i'm gonna watch the new you know video from x youtuber i it's gonna i'm gonna put it on while i'm doing dishes or something yeah but like yeah yeah he invited me over he's like meet the pirate command i was like what the fuck are you talking about he's like okay so they got this series right and it's it's they they introduce the characters but but they have like a really amazing animation team and they like show you what's inside the head of like what's going on with and i it was just, it was such a cultural moment. I looked at the view counts on these videos. I was watching them in a playlist. And if you're just watching it on your phone in a playlist, you don't see the view count. And at one point, I think six videos in, uh, I, I zoomed out and I'm like, oh, all these videos have like 70 million views. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, we were, we were <laughs> you're not the only it. one who's seen this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I, I, we were talking about it in at the end of the last episode. Like there are people for whom... Like, the supplementary material is Team Fortress 2. You know, like, there are a lot of people who never played that game who were huge into the Team Fortress 2 fandom, like, doing fan art and writing fanfic and making all the characters gay. And, like... Yeah, I I really like when that happens with games. Yeah. Uh, that That's a big thing with the Soulsborne series mm-hmm. that I really appreciate, that there's YouTubers dedicated entirely to lore and art for souls and and bloodborne and sekiro and uh these are people who uh, who they, they've probably played the games but a lot of the fans of the show uh have not played the games or are in fact very much turned off by the gameplay like i can i can see lots of people not enjoying the gameplay of team fortress 2 i'm not a big team shooter guy yeah uh that's probably why i wasn't that attracted to the game but watching those videos i was like yeah, fuck yeah, this is a hilarious world. I love these characters. Yeah, and there's, there's, you know, if you are interested in this kind of stuff, before we wrap up, like, there is a lot of supplemental Team Fortress 2 material. Uh, there's a lot of comics. There have been a ton of different videos. Like, Valve put so much effort into the world of Team Fortress 2 that, like, you, you can be a fan of this game without ever playing this game, and I think that is fucking commendable. What are we watching next week, Mark? Well, we are watching, we're watching a show. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a minute since we watched a show. Yeah, I, I feel like it had been a long time since we watched a weird fucked up cartoon from the 80s. So I thought we'd, oh, just, God. I thought we'd get right back into that. Remember Pac-Man? Two <laughs> <laughs> Pac-Man shows. Oh my God. Uh, Pac Jr. Wow. Uh, Saturday Supercade is an animated television series. Uh Produced for Saturday mornings by Ruby Spears Productions, known for this and probably other things. The Mega Man show uh, also, which we will, of course, get to. <laughs> oh, the, the the memes that came out of that. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> it ran for two seasons, starting in 1983. Uh, and you never know with these shows if two seasons means 50 episodes per season <laughs> or three episodes per season, because the 80s made no fucking sense. Um so each episode, apparently, is composed of several shorter segments uh, featuring video game characters from the golden age of video games. You got Frogger. You got Donkey Kong. You got Donkey Kong Jr. You got Q-Bert. 
probably doesn't fuck in this show. Probably not. Though he has been known to fuck canonically. Cubert has made um, a lot of peer- appearances on this podcast. Cubert <laughs> is the, the the er friend of the show. Cubert um, is a sex icon. <laughs> uh. You've got, you've got Pitfall Harry with his pet with his pet mountain lion Quick Claw and his niece Rhonda. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so 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 this this show this is like the earliest show with Mario in it. Like it's the earliest Donkey Kong show. Um. It might be like the first animated television show based on video games. I'm pretty sure it is. Um. I have heard it's extremely fucking weird. Um. <laughs> Yeah, these depictions of these well-known characters are bound to make stomachs churn. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things is like seeing seeing like adaptations of video games from before like the artwork for that video game got standardized so they all look like fucking weird as shit. God, there's nothing weirder than pre-Super Mario World Mario. <laughs> yeah, he is. There's nothing there's nothing weirder. He is truly a terrifying entity. Where can people <laughs> find the podcast on the internet, Mark? You can follow us on the Twitter.com. Uh, it's <laughs> at Cartridge Cinema. It's, that's Twitter at Cartridge Cinema. You can join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. There's lots of cute gays there. It's mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Um, iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud is where you can listen to us as well as your favorite podcast listening app uh you can rate us if you'd like that would be swell uh the music is by dj tin man the art is by courtney kaufman and for me it was tuesday fuck cops don't join the military peace peace later cool i'm gonna gonna stop recording now because we're probably just gonna talk about our lives (laughs) uh oh god my fucking life